and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective Podcast right here on planettyro.com. You're back here with your main host, Donald Wonder, and I'm joined once again with the man with the most, the host of the most, the arsehole of the century, Simon Red. Yo, what happened to having our own website? What's with this planettyro.com shit, you know? Oh, we'll get to that in a moment. Good thing you asked, Simon. That's a good question. But guys, before we talk about the website, we want to let you know that if you missed the last video, last review we spoke about, we spoke about Woody Allen's retrospective his old to the good old days of radio. Radio days. If you miss that discussion, you can. if you're on YouTube, you can click on the YouTube card in the top right hand corner to go back to that discussion. And as Simon just mentioned, yes, our channel where we do most of our reviews is called Planet Tyro. But for this particular retrospective that we're focusing on Woody Allen, we've made a separate website, which is called WoodyAllenRetro.com. If you go there right now, you only see the playlist, but we have a website in development so stay tuned for that. The link is on the screen right now. Also, you guys should already know we've got a podcast you can find on iTunes and Android, Stitcher Radio. You know, we're on YouTube, obviously, because most of you are listening to us here. Well, actually, not as most of you. <laughs> we've got more of you listening on the podcast than on YouTube. But whatever works, guys, however you want to listen to it, Simon, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, I always got to remind the people, even though it annoys them, that these reviews are spoiler discussions. Me and you, we don't work for Rotten Tomatoes. We don't work for IMDb. We're just two blokes, two fellas, two dudes, whatever you want to call us. We're two movie-going guys that just want to talk about Woody Allen because no one has sat through on the internet and spoke about every single movie the way we have. We're the first to do it, Simon. Yeah. We're not sitting in two basements at the moment, so we actually have some genuine opinions, yeah. And by the way, guys, I want to stress this because I did get a comment that some of the things we went a little bit too deep into some reviews if that's why we say watch the movies first because you won't understand a lot of the in jokes that's what we're talking about if you ain't watch the movies if you don't care and some of you like the conversation without spoilers stay tuned but you're going to miss a lot of the in jokes what we're talking about if you haven't seen the movie watch the movie first before we get on with it so that's all of the pre-roll stuff simon let's get on with the next goddamn movie can you tell us what it is oh boy the drama's real with this one so same year 1987 and the movie's called september this is the second release from woody allen which is uh, something i really freaking hate because if you're gonna do one movie a year do one movie a year i always think that uh the attention gets split between two films no actually actually it's 1988 <laughs> what I'm, I'm on the fucking wikipedia page uh, that's not what it says here I'm, I'm on imdb yo and even your uh fucking usb says 87 you know what I think it is? I think one's a UK release, one's a US release. I think I'm looking at the UK release, which is always... See, the asshole is you. There you go. You, you can uh, you can actually keep this in the in the review if you like. Yeah, I'll keep it in. What's the point? Guys, it, you get it. 70, 87, 88, whatever. You know the name of the you movie. Know, no, I want to uh, belabor the point that I don't like two movies released in one year. Because okay. it, it splits the attention. I, I get it. The sets were really impressive in Radio Day, so it took longer than expected. But still... This whole damn film takes place in one house. That's the whole gimmick. It's once again a film that's written and directed by Woody Allen, but doesn't star him because it's more dramatic. It's a slow, not that slow paced, but pretty slow paced drama. Starring Mia Farrow as Lane, who resumes basically the same character as Hannah and her sisters, but even with more baggage. And a rich cast of characters comprising his tenant Peter, played by Sam Waterston, her friend Stephanie, played by Diane West, and who I would like to highlight the most, her mother Diane, played by Aline Strich. 
Am I pronouncing it correctly? I, I can't get that. You can try. I, I can't get it. There you go. That's the that's that's my best attempt. <laughs> and her and her and her new lover, as well as uh, I believe Lloyd, played by Jack Warden, who is uh in the neighborhood. And there's not much for to discuss in terms of the cast, because if you have followed us in this retrospective, and if you watch movies like Hannah and Her Sisters or Interiors, mm-hmm. you probably know the drill. Mm-hmm. Mothers are monsters. Fathers are absent, <laughs> women are lost and confused, and men are sort of mentor slash also lost children. Yeah. And everybody's depressed about death. So there you go. That's that's the quick summary for all of you worried about spoilers. Let me just say this. Let's just start off with a, I don't want to say a negative, but if you look through Woody Allen's filmography, this is the lowest scored, the lowest enjoyed Woody Allen movie. It's in the fives, you know, he didn't make as much money as the most and again Woody Allen said coming off of radio days coming off that positive high going back we're going to get into a series not just this movie the next couple are going to be serious dramas and this first one which again he wanted to make a play movie and even though he's done play movies before even um sing it again uh, what's it sing it again play it again Sam. play it again, play it again Sam. Sam. even though he didn't direct that yeah but he wrote it as a play so this time he he skipped ahead and wrote as a movie that's supposed to be like a play that he yeah. actually directed. And that's what makes this film special. I think that's what makes this film special. And I do want to say again, when the first time I watched this movie, I was a much younger guy and I can appreciate the movie much more now. But like you said, it's a very small scale movie just about people stuck in one townhouse out in the way and they all get together and, you know, they all let out a lot of their grievances, a lot of their past and... This is this is just a movie where you appreciate the acting more than anything else. And I think cast are absolutely fantastic. I really think Diane Weasel or West, however you pronounce her surname. You know what, man? I really fell in love with her because she has such a soft, melodic voice. And Woody Allen, especially as a director, he focuses on her through most of this movie. Even though she's not the main character, she really isn't. But he focuses on her and her kind of if not her infatuation the other the other tenant who's infatuated with her and they're kind of i don't want to call it a fair but they're kind of tryst going on on the side yeah this is her fourth movie with woody true yes at this point and honestly i i really fell in love with her just because she's so soft-spoken and you know the way he's you know the it's a guy named peter the guy who's trying to yeah peter played by sam waterston yeah the way he's trying to come on to and he can't help him he's a piece of shit but i'll talk about him later but oh yo yo you're jumping ahead like <laughs> this ain't the this ain't the jerry springer show right you're already taking sides let me focus on dying west let me just focus on west i love okay. I, I think she's really East great west yeah yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let you speak now what do you think of her and, and, okay, and okay. Let, let, let me interject here yeah. like first of all i'm being half sarcastic because i didn't mind the movie that much i i like i like this movie a bit you know not not a, not as much as other films but to me it's a shock that this is one of the lowest rated i'm like we've seen already much worse than this like uh i enjoy this more than uh i think midsummer sex comedy definitely more than uh stardust memories yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh broadway danny rose really yeah, and, and let me tell you why. Because with dramas, Woody Allen always takes them very seriously yeah. and becomes very focused. This is what, to me, was missing out of uh, Hannah and her sisters. Like, mm. Hannah and her sisters, some parts were very good, other parts weren't. Here, there's no such imbalance. I like the fact that it takes place at one location because Woody can use a lot of clever tricks. Mm-hmm. To me, he has some very clever 
transitions between scenes. He actually speeds up time at one point with using just audio, which was clever. Some clever fade-outs, fade-ins. He really plays around with the camera and makes the best use of the situation of having to shoot in one house every single sequence. So that was very pleasing to me. I, I just found that interesting, and the way the movie was shot was very appealing visually. Hmm. In terms of the characters, really the whole thing for me was riding on the mom. Because she's a terrible person. She's a, a, a pretty bad person. Hmm. With not a whole lot of counterbalancing positive properties. No. To get in, a bit into her character. Basically, she was a, a socialite, a playmate, a, a real hot girl of her youth. And after divorcing her first husband, who's... Uh, uh, Mia Farrow's character's dad, who was a perfectly normal guy. She got onto many adventures with many men and just dragged her daughter around and really wrecked her emotionally and lived quite selfishly. Everybody admires her because she's a great survivor of life, you know. Mm. No matter how many dramatic situations, terrible relationships, abuse, scandals she got into, she always came out on top. But you can really tell that even in her older age, she lives for herself and she wants to live life to the fullest. But you when we get into the you know the the usual things of she does care about her daughter she does have some remorse she does want things to work out the best for her it's not enough to really redeem her so no. my credit really goes to attempt the name again eileen Strich, who is a legendary stage performer on broadway and has done many movies and is very critically acclaimed and i mean i was blown away unfortunately i haven't seen a lot of her filmography at this stage but i really want to check it out because her performance is amazing i have never seen somebody act so flawlessly she's so natural yet so magnetizing you can uh, i'm sounding like a pretentious critic now but no, really no he's... no no you're not you're not and i i sorry to cut you after i have to second that i might have loved diane west the way with you and the folks i fell in love with her just as an audience member but i second what you just said she is absolutely phenomenal I loved her energy so much. I mean, there were scenes where she was talking about, you know, how she feels like a 20-year-old. And she doesn't just say it. She actually, you know, personifies like the way she talks, the way she talks about her past. I mean, this kind of acting, I believed her. I believed that person. I fell in love with her. Just, I wanted to know her. And the funny thing is, and the, one of the things that does make her more like a bad person, which she kind of is, is because everyone falls in love with her they want to know her you know in the in the movie you know the the writer the, the peter guy wants to write a book about her because her life's so fantastical even though there's something very very dark that happened that gets revealed in the movie as well that is very very that makes her into a very shitty person even yeah, more exactly so. no redemption it's yeah. like that we're gonna get into it later but yeah that's her acting is stellar i i just like you said the way she she hypnotized me she hypnotized me with her charisma the actress has killed the character and I just thought, without a doubt, I 100% agree with you, her actress steals the show, even though, again, she's the main focus and I'll let you rebuttal that because I want to get to Mia Farrow because she's the main character and boy, did I think they went a bit too dark on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. To me, what's great about the mother or what sells the mother is that she's played like a villain you love to hate. Yeah. You got to have that fascinating performance for a very dislikable negative character and even though the rest of the cast is great that was really the anchoring performance for me yeah and he, here here comes a bad part because like i said i like the cast i even like the mystery with uh, 
Lane, you know, Mia Farrow's character of why she's so depressed and really what was the dark event in her life that turned things so bad for her that she's so depressed even now she's getting even more depressed falling even to an even deeper depression because she's older and she's still kind of lost in the world she doesn't really have a fixed career a fixed relationship she went through a divorce divorce is a big theme of the film love characters are lonely unrequited love is a main theme to me. Unre- I mean, even even me first character got someone that loves it and she doesn't even love him back. So there's a lot of unrequited love oh, yeah. as another theme in this movie as well. Yeah, basically she falls into this trap of her 10 Peter, who's a, a writer for commercials, I think. she He rented out the guest house in this weekend house to focus on a book, but she, he's not getting anywhere. Of course, you know, he's Mr. White Drama. <laughs> you know, he's like the biggest tragedy in his life that... He's divorced and he can't write this book. Oh, God. He's a bitch. Yeah, they're pretty much. And then there's also Lloyd who actually likes Lane, but he's a little bit older. He's made by Jack Jack Warden, who's an actor. uh, I think Woody wanted to work with a lot, but he has a British accent and doesn't really feel comfortable performing an American one. So it didn't happen in the past, but it's good to see him. And of course, who does Peter fall in love with? With... uh, Stephanie, your girl, Diane Weiss' character, Mm. who we later find out in a big reveal, because reveals are very important to this piece as well, that she also likes Peter, but is conscious because, cautious, sorry, because of Mia Farrow, Mm. and also because she's a mother and a wife, Yep. and didn't tell anybody, or at least not Peter. So there you go. And that makes things complicated, and it wouldn't be... So unimpactful. If in this retrospect that we wouldn't have touched on this so many times before, it just feels like a little, a too much of a retrack mm-hmm. of familiar territory with these side plots. Yeah. Even if you see it for the first time, Lane's backstory, which is basically that the boyfriend her mother left her father for, was sort of a gangster thug who abused her mom, created a really bad climate, and it ended in a shootout where a Apparently, Lane, as a little girl, had to shoot the guy and kill him. And that basically turned the whole thing into a big media farce and a sensation and ruined her life. To me, the way that was revealed and that whole mystery and that relationship and the different twists, because there's more to the story than during the introduction. Like, there's there's a lot more to be revealed, even though it's very straightforward. It doesn't turn into a crime movie, mm. but there's just enough hidden for you to have a surprise in the third act. Yeah. That was more interesting to me than the other parts. Yeah. And I think also by today's standards, you know, this is another Woody Allen movie where all the characters are very intellectual. They're very smart. And that leads to great dialogue, great conversation. Once we have a, a older guy who's a scientist, he's a physicist, I believe, and he's super intelligent and has these deep thoughts about the universe are obviously Peter is very well-spoken. He's a writer. He's very sophisticated. Uh, all the women are uh, extremely cultivated as well. And everybody has these deep intellectual conversations and they have a very reserved way of communicating, you know, their problems. You know, nobody says, I would like to fuck you right now. You know, <laughs> like bend you over. Everybody is so reserved and they just tiptoe around their feelings and emotions that are so afraid to express their love for each other, especially... Yeah. Uh, you know, Stephanie and Peter yeah. kind of flirting all all summer. But like you said, Peter's a piece of shit because he f- slept with Lane first just to get it out of the way. 
And then suddenly fell deep in love with her best friend, real yeah. good there. You know, that nice going, man. I've got, I've, I've got to bring up that that scene, that one scene in the movie where he's just going off. He's like, stop. He's like, I can't help it, stroking her neck. He's like a predator. It's, it's meant to be like an intense love <laughs> scene, but the way he just keeps on stroking her neck and twisting her around and just is very sensual. And I have to say, the intimate moments between those two characters are shot really well and I really felt uncomfortable just because you knew it was going to go. And even when they got caught, the way that happened was so fucked up. <laughs> and the way Diane Weiss's character even reacted, she really broke down. And But, you know, I have to go back to something you said, and I have to jump to Mia Farrow's character now. I have to jump on something you said in Hannah and the Sisters, man. Mia Farrow's character, I understand depression. I really do. And I know it's hard. And when you find out everything happened to Mia Farrow's character she's under the weight of her emotions and she can't react. And even when she finds out about her best friend and the guy she's really in love with, you know, she, she can't handle it well because she's not only depressed and she's not only dealing with her mom, but now she's finding out about her best friend. She's trying to sell the house and she just has a really bad mental breakdown. Now, Mia Farrow as a character, as an actress, sorry, Mia Farrow as an actress, I thought she did well. She, di- she delved deeper into depression, into a weak character. But again, just... As an audience member, I like to see characters go through a certain arc, and this character only went down through the whole movie. <laughs> and it was, it's a, it's a, I don't, you know, I don't what, wanna... what, what do you mean, man? She went from bad to worse. That's not an arc for you? That's, yeah, down. That's not an arc. <laughs> it's a down. Well, that's not an arc. It's going straight down. And I just, I just, I just thought it was, I want, I want to see me and Fowl do something a bit different because now I was like, okay, you've doubled down. You've doubled down on this kind of character. Even in radio days, she was playing, even though that was a mousy character that did well for herself and became a personality and all that. I was just annoyed with her as a character, not as an actress. As an actress, it was a good role, but the other roles out shone her. I thought, honestly, she was the weakest link in the in the movie. I'm sorry. Even that old man that faces her, I, I actually liked how he emoted about how he loved her, but I just thought it was her, del- her you know, her mum said it. Her, actually, her mum has a really great, horrible monologue not even the most she just blasts her about how weak she is how she don't blame me for your life change your life and I thought I'm sorry but I agree with your mum even though your mum's a piece of shit you need to take responsibility for yourself and this but at the end of the day it's a, it's a complicated situation and it's a fictional character I know people that have been through shit like this so for that point of the movie I appreciate what Woody Allen was doing with the writing but me and Faust's character at the end of the day don't like her I feel she was weak I'd seen Mira character play this role before and I was like, eh. And everyone else, for their different, for the differences they were bringing to the table and to the movie, it made the movie better for me. And, you know, Mia Farrow's character is on the front. It's called September. I'm not really sure. I think because the movie ends in September, I wish he picked the movie a different name, like Extra Drama or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like... Part 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know, man. It, look, look, I appreciate this movie a lot more than I did when I was younger just because the acting's good the drama, Woody Allen's direction. But I will say this. I understand why this is the lowest in Woody Allen's filmography just because his movies, other movies have a lot of wider scope. He does a lot more of his other movies, a bigger cast. His movies just bigger and better. And again, it's more of the same. You know. So if you compare this to some of his other movies, even Hannah and the Sisters, that's a more crowd-pleasing movie than this one. And if you go, if you watch this after Hannah and the Sisters, of course you're going to feel like, well, you know, this is more the same. It's not as big a budget and whatever, whatever. But I'll just stop there because I want to do comment on two other things. But for me, it's an okay watch. But I said this probably in the last three times and I know Simon hates this. Again, Woody Allen 
has 50 movies. If you do not want to watch every single last one and only the best of the best, this is another skip it one, <laughs> in my opinion. You think, you, you think so? Simon, what is to skip? I mean, I mean, I keep saying this, you keep disagreeing with me, but what is to skip? If this isn't one to skip as well, I mean... What, but we'll, we'll, we'll skip another movie. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> Something from uh, Warner Brothers recently, maybe sure, involving sure. Zack Snyder. I don't know. I'm saying in Woody Allen's filmography. I'm not comparing it to everything no, else. To me, like Eileen or Elin Strich, this performance is worth it alone. To me, that performance is worth it alone. Like, yeah, it's good. And, it's great. It's great. And, and some of the dialogue that they have, you know, about life and the universe and all the deep stuff, is actually better than most of the stuff in Hannah and Her Sisters, minus Woody Allen's parts. You know, minus Woody Allen's parts and Hannah and her sisters. So maybe I just like the movie better than you. Even though I agree, it's a lot of retracking. I think we like it the same. I'm just being a bit more critical. I, I'm just trying to explain why, I, in the grand scheme of things, I do think this is Woody, one of his weaker movies. Just because it's more of the same, it's smaller scale. That's it. And it's a good movie on its own. But if you put this against his other movies, you know, it doesn't stand up against a lot of them. It's not the worst. I will give you, it's definitely not. That still goes to Stardust Memory. This is easy, easy, easy. But again, it's near the bottom of what we've seen so far, in my opinion. Uh, I can see that, but that, 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 I put it, I still put it higher. Like, to me, if I had to sum it up in closing, the big problem is that um, this kind of reserved approach to, to these uh, deep emotional situations is outdated at this point in time because now people are more open mm. you know like that the, uh, the characters in here like i'm a mother uh, i'm a wife putting my interest in front of theirs is like me betraying them and the writer is like i'm in this tough situation because i had a i had an involvement with lane and i don't want to hurt their feelings now these people don't care people cheat lie all the time everybody's obsessed with sex you know it, it's not an issue whatsoever the only way you could recreate this in modern day is to make the characters even less likable by giving them even more selfish reasons to hesitate to, you know, get involved with each other. We're like, well, I would really like to sleep with you, but, you know, me and my wife, we both put down the mortgage for the house. I can't get out of the relationship just yet, you know, something like that. <laughs> so that kind of mentality is hard to connect with, and it just makes the movie slightly slower and the characters slightly less likable or relatable. Like you said, the Mia Farrow, great performance. Like I really liked where I think she really gave it her all in the mm. big scene where she needs to have this breakdown and really evoke a lot of emotion. I thought she was great, but unfortunately, she's doing a lot of familiar things again. So again, it takes out of the film. I feel like if Woody have made this movie a bit earlier. Maybe it would have been better. Maybe he could have spent more time. Maybe it wasn't just like an escape movie for him of shooting a play type of piece in one location, which is still part of his sort of escape from the 80s, if that makes sense. He keeps either placing films in, in the past or now it's timeless because we're just spending time in this one location. It doesn't matter what decade it is. So maybe if he felt more inspired to do more in terms of leaving you, you, the you house. Better, you better strap in. <laughs> so the next couple of movies are very much of this vein. So he's staying in the modern 80s, focusing on drama, on human drama. So get used to it. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right. Well, to me, I think I think that's why people have trouble with the film because sure. there's not a whole lot of people that act this way. 
and, and especially not now even in the 80s you know these uh, you know men and women are very far from you know the your 80s types 80s types but everybody was an antidepressants but i guess that's one thing that made it into the film but mm. in the grand scheme of things they're they seem like time travelers you know it <laughs> seems like well, where did these people come from just just speak up tell them that how you feel if you love somebody just tell him love him don't get into these you know secrets and these conflicts uh, i still think this kind of thing does happen but again like we learned from midnight midsummer sets coming all that when you get full people in the house that know each other that have you know these things tend to happen and even I've experienced situations like this. That's why I avoid these kind of get-togethers, family and get-togethers, because some shit always pops off. But I, I agree with you for the most part. And to be honest with you, there's lo- there's been a lot of movies out of all the islands that have, uh, uh, you know, family dramas, friendship dramas, relationship dramas. So this is a, a sub-genre. Super-genre. Not even sub a super-genre all on its own. But getting out of the story, I do want to talk about cinematography. Everything you said about him doing all those extra little things to give the movie a little bit of spice, even in one location, I really second that. And actually, to my surprise, I actually found the musical score very good to the point where there was singing in the movie. They actually played songs in the movie themselves on the piano. There was records playing. I actually noticed the soundtrack for this movie, and I thought it was very good. I was actually surprised. And it's very minimal, but the jazz... And the stuff they do on their own, the actors, they do a lot of singing. I thought it was pretty good and it was natural. I know that might sound a bit weird if you haven't seen the movie, but I, I actually think it set the tone for a lot of what happened there. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I I don't dislike this movie that much. I actually prefer it to, uh, you know, I would say three, four films that we have seen so far. So yeah, I think there, there's a lot there. You just have to be in a certain kind of mood. Yeah. And yeah. You know, it's not as great as Interiors. Interiors was just very well done. It was its own thing. You know, that makes it... It's not as clever or as Interiors. And I think the advantage that Interiors has, that most of the drama comes from the parents. And when you associate with, you know, a younger cast of characters who are kids of somebody, you tend to think of your own parents and you just accept the fact that they're more reserved or different because they're from a different era. So sure. that family dynamic works better for this kind of dramatic piece as we're here most characters are of the same age except the mom who's who's not who's the antagonist basically Mm. and and kind of just propels the plot by being an asshole about things yeah yeah i mean it's not much more to say again i already said this near the beginning this is one of woody allen's most i don't want to say frowned upon but of all of his movies this is the lowest rated lowest scored one I understand why. I might not agree, but I understand why. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, fives, mid fives. But again, guys, let's know what you think. If you've seen the movie, leave us a comment in the comment section down below. Don't forget to check out the Woody Allen pages. Watch this, guys. They find out a lot of behind the scenes about this movie. And, you know, I, we did make this one a little bit longer than it probably needed to be because, again, it's not a very long movie at all. But, again, I, at least I will say, Woody Allen still writes good movies and I still find this movie interesting even though... It's a, another drama between family and friends, which he's done at least four or five times now. But again, you know, I appreciate him doing this play movie, which I have to say, even though I've seen the uh, future movies, this is a very, 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 very playish movie. But we'll get to Mighty Aphrodite <laughs> later, which I know you don't know about, but we'll get to that later, which is... He introduced some funny play elements there as well. But anyway, guys, I've said enough. I want to thank my buddy Simon Rad for joining me on this one as usual. No problem. My pleasure. Like I said, this was a good discovery for me. And uh one one of the one of the better 
out of the weaker ones, if that makes sense. You see, guys, I know you're surprised. We shitted on Hannah and the sisters, and we praised the lowest rated with the so, you know. Hey, I like this better than radio days. There you go. That's another shock. Definitely. Def, I agree with you there. But anyway, guys, thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, click on annotations on the screen. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Don't forget we got the website in production, process, construction, and we'll see you on the next recording. Yeah, your cousin in Ghana is working on it, I bet. Bye. Screw you.